You know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stork Show. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Andy Storch Show. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where we can come together to starve our fears, follow our dreams, and fulfill our true potential. And, uh, you know, I'm always trying to get the absolute most out of life and share as much as I can with you. I don't hold anything back. Uh, I don't have a scarcity mindset here. I try to have an abundant mindset about things. There are no secrets on this show. Um, I'm recording this in uh, mid-February. It's been about a, almost a month now since the Talent Development Think Tank, the first conference that uh, my friend Bennett Phillips and I hosted. And I haven't really done a recap episode of that. So I wanted to spend a few minutes recapping that conference, how it went, uh, and you know, put it in the form of a lesson for anybody listening who's thinking about maybe organizing your own live event or conference. Uh, you know, what do you need to do to make that successful? And I wrote down some notes. I also got interviewed yesterday uh, by my friend Lauren Davis for a new podcast she's starting about organizing successful conferences and events, and that will be out in the near future. Um, but I wanted to give my take on, you know, what it takes to be a, run a successful conference or live event and take it with a grain of salt. I've run one. I mean, I've organized happy hours and dinners and stuff for years, but this is the first big conference that I've organized and it went really, really well. Uh, this was back in January 2020, our first one. Uh, and we've been planning it for uh, probably 10 months uh, through a reschedule. As many of you know, it was originally scheduled for November. And because of the wildfires in Sonoma County, uh, we ended up rescheduling it to January. We lost some people. We sold some more tickets. Everything worked out. Uh, and uh, it was stressful, but we got it together. And there was some more stress that went as we went into it. Um, I flew out with my wife, Courtney. Uh, a couple days before the conference, and on the way out, I somehow got sick. I was just freezing cold the whole way out there. I don't know why, um, but then I woke up the next morning, which was the Monday, the day before the conference, uh, or Tuesday, rather, uh, just completely sick, couldn't move out of it, and ended up being in bed all day. I couldn't help Bennett and our team set up, uh, which I hated doing, but I needed a rest, and um, I missed the cocktail reception uh, that opened the conference that evening, uh, but I was focused on get rest and get ready for the next day. And of course, Ben and I were both nervous about would I be ready for the next day. And and he was especially nervous because he wanted me to be on stage for that opening kickoff. I mean, we have a, a really great partnership. Uh, we complement each other nicely, and I'll talk more about that later. Uh, but he's very happy to do the behind the scenes stuff and let me be the guy on the stage. And I'm very happy to be the guy on the stage. So he wanted me to be there to be uh, on the stage. And luckily, I woke up the next morning not feeling 100%, but feeling okay. Uh, went downstairs, you know, saw things getting set up. It became more real. And then walked in the conference room, saw all the tables and chairs set up and the backdrop being put on and started getting excited and uh, met up with my friend Lauren Davis, uh, who I mentioned already, who was running social media for us. And we recorded a video promo that I, was, I put on social media and then got on stage and kicked it off. And as soon as I got up there, um, the, the adrenaline started pumping and the energy came uh, from all the people in the room. I, I tend to be, you know, as an extrovert, feed off of the energy of the people around me. That's where I get my energy. And 130 plus people packed into that room and we got started and I got excited and um, kicked things off. 
with a little uh, vision, uh, visualization exercise, uh, having people get present with why they came there and what they want to get out of the, the event. Uh, and then we went to our opening keynote speaker, Josh Burson, and who gave a great talk. And then we went into our breakout sessions and things were off and running. And uh, the whole day was wonderful. The dinner was great. The next day was even better. It was highly interactive. Uh, it was everything we dreamed of, everything that we visualized, that we wanted it to be, and more. Uh, I, I just can't even tell you. It was better, exceeded all of my expectations. It was just an amazing conference. All the feedback we got from our participants, people who came, the other speakers, other facilitators was 100% positive. Everybody loved it. Everybody was excited. Uh, and I hope they're all going to come back next year. And we truly, I think, realized our vision of creating something that was interactive, engaging, um, that people would really enjoy. It was collaborative. And uh, there was a lot of energy, a lot of connection, um, people making friends, that sort of thing. So it went really, really well. And there were a lot of things that went into that to making it successful. And like I said, I wrote down some notes. Uh, if you are thinking about organizing your own conference one day, uh, or maybe you come to this, you find this episode one day and think, yeah, I'm organizing my own conference. What did you do to make this so successful? And I would say part of it, it felt like we got lucky, but really there was no luck about it. I and mean, it was everything that we went into it. So number one is uh, know and define your niche and your target participant. I think a lot of people make the mistake of setting up a conference and saying, well, this is for everybody and anybody. And then they're marketing to everybody and anybody and then no one really feels truly called to that event. Uh, we were very clear on who our niche, who our target was. It's people who work in corporate talent development, corporate learning and development, uh, and HR. And we marketed to those people. We had some people who bought tickets uh, who didn't work in those areas. You know, We had some people from like advertising or something from Microsoft, a couple other people. Uh, but for the most part, 90% of our participants, I think, were in the HR or talent development realms because we specifically targeted that niche. So people knew who the conference was for and we knew who we were marketing to. Uh, number two, find big name speakers in that niche. So I go to a lot of conferences and I don't go to conferences for the speakers. I go for the people that are in the room, for the connections, but I'm not most people. I believe that most people are attracted to a conference by the speakers and then what they stay for or what they really truly remember are the connections they make in the room. So if people don't know who you are, then I think you've got to have a couple good speakers on the bill that are attractive to, to people that go either, oh, I know who that is, I want to see them, or uh, oh, they're an expert in a topic that I'm interested in and I want to learn more about that. So we went out and got uh, two big name speakers in our uh, in our niche, if you will, Josh Burson and Liz Weissman are both huge in the HR talent development space, as well as Michael Bunke-Stanier, who was our closing keynote. And uh, I think, you know, not everybody came for them, but it definitely legitimized the conference. Like, wow, this is a real deal. This is, this is something that's going to be great. Number three, focus on your strengths and delegate or outsource your weaknesses. And this could be renamed, uh, you know, have a team, or uh, actually combine with my number four, which is hire experts um, and don't try to do it all yourself. So whether that's through a partnership or people you hire, people you outsource, delegate to, um, there are different things that go into putting a conference together. Number one is the marketing. Number two is kind of the organization of how everything works. And number three is all the details. 
so we had, uh, as I mentioned, my friend Bennett and I had a really great partnership where he was, uh, we knew our roles and he was in charge of the logistics and the organization. I was in charge of the marketing and being the showman. And then we also had a, an event organizer named Michelle who took care of all the little details and all the things that we didn't even think of. Um, and then we had other uh, players along the way. We had um, someone in charge of our website and content and uh, videography, Julie Wolpers. We had um, someone in charge of social media, my friend Lauren Davis. Um, we had uh, people in charge of all kinds of different things, all the way down to uh, back at the very beginning when we were trying to figure out, scout out locations to have the event. We hired a hotel booker, someone who uh, whose their profession is to know all the hotels and the best deals and then find a hotel for us. And then they actually got paid by the hotel, not by us. So it didn't even cost us anything to use them. And it worked out really well for us finding a really great hotel. So know your strengths, focus on those strengths, delegate outsource weaknesses. For me, I'm a big picture thinker. I'm a marketer. I'm not good with details. So if I were going to organize an event by myself, I would, the first person I would hire would be an event organizer, someone to handle all the details because I wouldn't dream of trying to handle all those myself. If you're the opposite, you're like, oh, I know, I'm meticulous. I have the details down. I know exactly how I want things to go. Um, then what is your weakness? Maybe it is big picture marketing. Maybe you don't think about that stuff as much. Maybe you hire a marketer. Uh, you hire a social media person. Um, if you are, uh, the type of person that is running everything behind the scenes and you know you're not that comfortable on stage, then get somebody to be an MC, someone that can really bring the energy in the room because that's important as well. That happens to be my strength. But if it wasn't, I think we would have gotten somebody else to play that role because you need someone on stage who really brings energy um, into anything. So we got focusing on strengths, hire experts is a big one. Number five, when it comes to marketing, tell everyone you know multiple times. We marketed like crazy to everybody in our network, told people multiple times, uh, and probably still didn't tell them enough. Uh, number six, market relentlessly on multiple channels. So we, um, most of our marketing was on LinkedIn, but I also leveraged my podcast. We bought Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads. I posted on Instagram and Facebook. I was on other podcasts. Uh, not enough. I could have done more of that. Um, there was just, we were, we were, um, featured in uh, a couple different articles on Forbes and Entrepreneur, and we still could have done more. Um, number seven, find a way to stand out and market to you know that, that kind of niche. We talked about the niche already. How do you stand out in that? We had a vision of making this more interactive and engaging, and we told the story of that. Uh, number eight, I wrote down, tell a story and make people feel like they're part of something. And that's ultimately what drew people and what kept people there is I think they felt like they were part of something. We were continuously telling a story of why we were organizing this event. And I think people felt like they were really part of something really cool. Number nine, leverage all mediums. Uh, so we kind of talked about this already, but like social media, PR, podcasts, etc. whatever you have access to, get out there and leverage it. Uh, number 10, make it interactive. This is up to you, but we were really focused on making our conference interactive because we knew it would be more engaging. People would be more excited and more, have more fun. Uh, number 11, make it personal. I think uh, the mistake with a lot of events out there is they're kind of cold, kind of polished. Uh, we made ours more personal. It was about us. We personalized everything. I even sent went as far as to send personalized videos to almost everybody who bought tickets to our conference, which I know nobody else does. Um, number 12, I wrote down surprise and delight, which includes um, sending those videos. Uh, we added extra gifts for attendees that came. 
Um, number 13, give access and a VIP option. A lot of conferences still don't do this. Uh, we did it. We probably could have done it even better, but you know, we only sold, I think, three or four VIP tickets, but they were double the price of the regular ticket, and it didn't cost us much more to provide those options. So think about adding that because it, it brings you more revenue. Um, number 14, get sponsors that align with your values. Uh, we did that. Again, Not we could have done better. We had um, one premier sponsor, USC Executive Education, uh, and then uh, we had a couple of their smaller sponsors, and I could have put more effort into going out and getting the right sponsors. I didn't really know what I was doing in that space. Um, we'll probably do a better job of that next year because it certainly helps um, for providing that good experience. Um, number 16, uh, have, uh, sorry, number 15, have great food, have great food, um, and beverages, service, whatever, at least have coffee. Depends on the level of service and the, the price of the ticket. We had a pretty expensive ticket, $1,500 a ticket, corporate conference. So people were expecting food and we provided food. It ended up being way more expensive than we thought it was going to be. Um, blew all of our profits out of the water. And in fact, uh, at the end of the day, I don't think Bennett and I are going to make any money from this event. We spent, I think, $90,000 on food. Ooh, just cringe thinking of that, right? Um, but the food was great and the conference was great. And I think we're going to get clients from it. So it's all going to work out. Uh, but many lessons learned there. Yes, provide great food, but don't go overboard and make sure you get the estimates and the numbers ahead of time. Uh, number 16, have people share on social media. Oh my gosh, we pushed this a lot. Still could have pushed it more, um, but pushed it for people ahead of time. And then uh, during the conference, I mentioned it many times, we had our social media person, Lauren, there. Uh, and we, because we were doing that and a lot of people were sharing on social media, uh, there was kind of a buzz out there on LinkedIn and in other places about this event. Uh, and it was because of uh, all the stuff going on, all the sharing and I primarily believe that was because I hired Lauren to run social media. So being willing to spend some money to have an expert there, uh, taking pictures, posting pictures, videos, et cetera, things like that, um, I think really paid off in terms of having that buzz. And then um, number 17, don't forget to get video and testimonials for next year. So we had a videographer crew. Uh, we got video of a bunch of stuff. And we also asked a lot of participants to give video testimonials, which we'll use to market for next year. So don't forget about that stuff. I'm sure there's some other things I forgot, but those are the main things I wrote down for how to run a successful event. Um, I think we had all of it covered. Again, probably biggest mistake we made was letting costs get out of control, not checking all those things ahead of time. And we'll do a better job of that next year. Uh, everything else went swimmingly. And uh, we are already working on planning next year's event. So uh, thanks for everybody who supported me and has been rooting for us along the way. It was uh, such a hard journey. Um, yeah, the other thing I would write down, Lauren asked me in, in the podcast interview, she did, uh, what do I wish I knew? What didn't I know back then? And I think I, I had no idea how. I knew it was going to be hard. I didn't know how much effort it was going to take to put this thing together. Um, and it was a gargantuan effort, but we did pull it off. It was successful. We are conference hosts now, and we're on to the next one. And uh, if this is something that you are interested in doing down the road, you can do it too. Reach out to me if you uh, want any help beyond this episode and reach out to my friend Lauren Davis, uh, who is coming on the podcast in the near future uh, to talk about this as well. So thanks again for listening. Appreciate you. If you haven't ever left a review for this show on iTunes, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, and if there's something big out there that you've been thinking about doing, it may not be organizing a conference. It may be following your dreams to do something else. 
Just take that first step, starve your fears, take some action, and uh, you won't regret it. Have an awesome day.